Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. In the arcade florist shop of a large hotel in downtown Los Angeles, Paul Cromwell took his change from the sales girl and quickly picked up a large square white box. He was in a hurry. As he started to rush through the door into the busy afternoon bustle outside, he suddenly paused. For a moment, he seemed to be on the verge of diving back into the shop. Paul had seen a man coming toward him, a man he would much rather not meet, especially at this moment. But as he stood there undecided, the man recognized him. It was Dr. Gordon, the physician who had attended Lisa Fenner at the hospital when her baby son was born. The doctor came up to Paul, smiling genially. Well, Mr. Cromwell, this is a pleasant surprise. Yes, sir. Yes, indeed. It's uh, good to see you, Dr. Gordon. This is quite a coincidence, running into you like this. Oh, really? Well, yes, I... I saw Dr. Nichols only yesterday, and he... I, uh, I beg your pardon, Dr... Uh, Dr. Nichols, the pediatrician. Uh, you remember, Mr. Cromwell, I gave you his name in the hospital. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yes. Of course. So you did. The name, uh, slipped my mind for a moment. He tells me Mrs. Fenner's baby is coming along beautifully. Uh, yes, yes, Doctor, the... Baby is flourishing, I yeah, believe. So he said. Uh, Mrs. Kingsley, I believe, had brought him in for a checkup. Uh, Mrs. Kingsley and another woman. Oh, you must mean Kit. Oh, I should say Mrs. Mead. I believe she uh, went in with him one day. Yes, yes, that was it, uh, Mrs. Mead. You know, I was rather surprised Mrs. Fenner hadn't stuck. By the way, uh, how is Mrs. Fenner feeling, Mr. Cromwell? Oh, well, uh, she's fine. Quite well, really. But you, uh, you see, it's such a long drive in from the beach, and uh, you remember what a strain she's been under. Yes, yes, I suppose it is better for her to spare herself as much as possible. But uh, you say she's feeling better now? Oh, uh, absolutely. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. I wonder if uh, you have a little extra time, Mr. Cromwell. Well, I, I am in somewhat of a hurry. Well, uh... This will take just a minute. I intended calling you. Well, of course, if there's anything I can do, I... Well, you see, Mr. Cromwell, having released Mrs. Fenner from the hospital, feeling as she did at the time, uh, that is, I mean, uh, in regard to her baby, I've been anxious to know how things turned out. I was interested in knowing uh, how our little scheme worked. Oh, well, uh, you mean the arrangement to place Mrs. Fenner in the home environment to... Uh... Let nature take its course? Yes, says I. I wondered if... Well, it... Uh, it turned out that your suggestion was most valuable. Uh, once Mrs. Fender was returned to the house at the beach, her attitude changed considerably. Excellent. Uh, then I assume that she does intend to keep her child? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. Well, that's fine. You know, I was certain Mrs. Fenner's temporary reluctance to see her own baby would be dispelled once she had the responsibility for its care. Yeah, I'm very pleased to hear that I was correct. Yes, it, uh, it all turned out beautifully. Uh, naturally, I wanted to follow up the case to be sure that it ended satisfactorily. Uh, now I can consider it closed. I'm sure, Mr. Cromwell, that you're taking good care of Mrs. Fenner. Well, I'm, uh... I'm doing my best. I'm sure you are. Well, tell her to drop in, see me with the child the next time that she's in town. I'll, uh, I'll do that, Doctor. But uh, I'm not sure 
the fact is, Mrs. Fenner uh, plans to leave for the east quite soon. We're closing up shop at the beach for the season. Oh, I see. Of course, uh, Mrs. Fenner is taking the baby with her. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yes, of course. Well, give her my regards and tell her I'm very happy for her. Uh, by the way, uh, what does she name the baby? I uh, don't know. Well, I, I'm not sure she's been able to decide yet. <laughs> uh, plenty of time, I guess. Well, I won't keep you any longer since you're in a hurry. Paul Cromwell was indeed in a hurry. He hailed a cab, told the driver to get to the Union Station with all possible speed, and sank back with a sigh of relief that the encounter with Dr. Gordon was over. Yet, in a way, it was a good thing he'd bumped into the doctor today. Suppose Gordon had telephoned the house at the beach, had talked to Lisa by some mischance. He might have discovered then that the case had not been concluded to his satisfaction, that Lisa Fenner and her child had not been united as he'd hoped. Meanwhile, in drawing room A of an eastbound train, Kit Mead had settled down for the trip back to Wakefield with Lisa's baby boy. At intervals, he had glanced nervously out of the window toward the station platform. Some little time had passed before the door buzzer rang. A long, impatient ring. Oh, Paul, I was beginning to think you wouldn't make it. I... I almost didn't. Oh, really, Paul? Well, what happened? I ran into Dr. Gordon. Dr. Gordon? Oh, Lord. But everything's all right. Now, don't worry. Are you quite sure? Yes. Yes, believe me. Anyway, the... here, I... I brought you something. Mm. So I see looks like a corsage. It is. Why don't you open it? Oh, Paul, they're lovely. You always do the right thing, darling, and so beautifully. I try, for you're concerned. I could strangle that, Gordon. I kept seeing the precious minutes go by, but I couldn't get away from the fellow. He kept talking, talking. Well, never mind, darling. You're here now. Now, how are your accommodations, Kit? Everything all right? Oh, yes, wonderful. The porter seems to be very obliging. You know, I can always tell after the first instant whether I have a sourpuss or not. <laughs> Shows in their eyes. Well, if it works. Well, it does, really. And the baby's been an angel. That's good. He's been an angel. That's good. Not a peep out of him. Yet. Oh, look at him, Paul. He's such a good baby. Yes, yes, yes. He's a wonderful baby. Look, Kit. How about paying a little attention to me? Why, Paul? Well, after all, the child's going with you. I'm staying behind. You know, Paul... Sometimes I think you're actually a little jealous of the child. Why, that's absurd. How could I, a, a grown man, be jealous of an infant? No trick at all. You'd be surprised how many fathers resent their offspring at first. Well, that's not it at all. It's just that you're leaving and I won't see you for some time. I'd like to feel that your attention is concentrated on me these last few moments. All right, darling. I'm concentrating. Now, you will write to me, won't you, Kit? Uh, yes, all right, when I can. But I might as well warn you, if you don't remember, that I'm famous for being an unreliable correspondent. And then this homecoming has so many complications. Yes. Yes, I know. But I feel so strange about your going away, so... so worried. You will let me know when you arrive that you're all right? Oh, yes, of course I can do that much. I'll send you a wire at the very least. Well, I, I suppose that's better than nothing. Will it be uh, possible for me to write you? Uh, well... Well, I was wondering about Bill. Oh, Bill's a gentleman about letters, Paul, but... Well, I'll let you know. He's going to know the whole story sooner or later. 
Isn't he? Oh, yes, of course. They will know. Uh, where will you be living? The old address? No. Or? No, at the 11th Street house. Father's house. Uh, well, it's almost time, darling. You'd better go. Kit. Kit, listen to me. Everything's going to work out as we planned, isn't it? Yes, Paul, of course. Well? Um, kiss me, Paul, and then you'd better go. And, uh... Paul Cromwell was too emotionally disturbed at this parting to notice Kit's expression. Or the direction in which her eyes flickered for an instant as she spoke the last words. She was looking toward Lisa Fenner's baby son. Paul's masculine pride would have been very much wounded indeed. Had he known how quickly Kit dismissed him from her mind as the train began moving slowly through the intricate maze of tracks toward the outskirts of the city. Then the open country. For Kit's thoughts were centered on a certain little town not far from Chicago. She was thinking of Wakefield, planning her arrival there. She rang for the porter, requesting a telegraph blank. And a little later, she was reading over what she'd written. To Ben Calvert, 210 West 11th Street, Wakefield. Arriving 9 p.m. Friday, tell Bill, meet me, love, Kit. <laughs> Wonder what they'll make of that. I don't think I'll send this wire yet. No, I'll wait. I'll send it at the last minute. Give them a real surprise. Kit held the yellow blank in her hand, looked at the sleeping baby. Yes, this was a wire that would come very unexpectedly to her father, Ben Calvert, in Wakefield. And it was a wire which gave no indication as to the outcome of the event Ben had awaited so anxiously. The birth of his daughter's child, Ben Calvert's grandchild. 